Titles, go. Flinging their poo. Nobody cares about us. What are you, whales? Off the heezy. The penguins are dicks. <laughs> I'll eat her cake. Let the damn cat out. Penis had McFighty. Cake on the side? Bullseye butt? She's cute. Where's my $2.60? Escalating levels of inappropriateness. Hit him again. Look what I can do. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of GeekPod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. Corbs. I'm Kev. I'm back! <laughs> I'm Jack. <laughs> Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, besides the fact that I keep seeing ads for Yoder's canned hamburger in my Facebook feed, I am really excited about the Evil Dead Rise trailer that released today. Uh, has anybody here even seen it or care about it? Surprisingly enough, I did see it. Okay. Yeah. Holy fucking brutal. Okay. For anybody that doesn't know, um, the last Evil Dead movie, which was looked like it was a reboot, but actually it ended up being a continuation. We found out at the end of the movie was very dark. There was no joking, no campy Bruce Campbell one-liners. And I'll tell you, after watching this trailer, first of all, Bruce Campbell is not in it. He has made that perfectly clear. He is producing. Um, but there, I don't think there's any humor in this thing at all. Um. It looks fucking brutal. It looks like the most terrifying horror movie we've seen in quite a while. And that's exactly what the Evil Dead needed to be. Because it was only campy in the 80s because all horror movies were campy. It was always a serious... Yet it was always serious shit. It's the fucking Book of the Dead. It's opening the door to all of the nasty things that exist in the universe. And I'm really happy to see a trailer that looks like they're going to give us a movie that that leans into that hard. Uh, Paul, what were your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, wow, it was pretty intense. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to shout out our buddy uh, Ted Haynes. Because Teddy's the one that brought it to my attention. I saw that there was something on Facebook about it. And he was like, this is definitely not my thing. You know, you know, abuse towards kids, you know, kids torture. And I'm like, what the hell is it? So then I had to watch it. And it yeah. is pretty uncomfortable. It's 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 a lot. It's definitely turned up to 11. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, all of us who love the Evil Dead franchise have always seen it that way, even back when Bruce Campbell was spouting one-liners, just because that's what we were used to. But it's nice to see them really embrace, you know, what it could be. And I think what it needs to be if they want to continue the franchise, because with him gone, if he's no longer going to play Ash, 
they really need to reinvent it. And I think they did a good job with the uh, the last movie, uh, but they really needed to go harder this time. And it certainly seems to be the case. And does this appear, because Hugh, I, I haven't seen any of them since um, Army of Darkness. Uh, does this appear to be a continuation off of the last movie, or is this basically like we're seeing a whole new family? And it, it nobody really knows. Um, they've said that it, it's its own thing. Um, the book of the okay in the Evil Dead universe, the Book of the Dead. It's interesting that it's followed around one character mostly because this is something that could get passed on or just open the fucking apocalypse and everybody has to deal with the apocalypse worldwide. Uh, it, it isn't the kind of thing that where you know, if you're writing it now, it wouldn't necessarily just keep plaguing the same character over and over again. Right. Um, I, I I don't know that it, this is not a continuation uh, for sure. But it definitely is its own thing. You notice it looks like it's in an apartment building. They're getting it out of the woods, you know, out of the cabin. Uh, I mean, we'll have to wait till April to really see. Okay. I just wasn't sure if you recognized anyone because, like, I, the lead in the last one was a uh, young female, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely nobody, nobody in the, that I've seen or that I know is attached to it has been in the franchise before. Okay. This is all new. I just, I, I don't know that they would necessarily reboot it because there's, no need to be, be, really. yeah yeah because of what the book is there's no reason to wipe out what came before um in unless you purposely did that for some plot point so um i think they're just running with it right i mean this is a this is a cool opportunity to have a horror franchise be an anthology because you can tell a new story each time with this yeah absolutely so. although i if I don't know that they're necessarily not going to, to stick with some characters now. I mean, it seems like they're trying to build a new a trilogy or a new world or a, a strengthen the IP so they can make more movies. I certainly hope that's the case. You know, it's not that they can't keep the same people around, but it certainly needs to be, I think, bigger in scale. Like, imagine if every Night of the Living Dead movie was the start of a, another zombie apocalypse and nobody knew anything about it just with different characters. You know, right, it wouldn't yeah. make any sense. That's why over the course of those movies, the world got worse. Um, I think you have an opportunity here with the evil dead to kind of, to do something like that. Outstanding. I'm interested, hmm. which is more than I could say for the last one. I just, it was one of those. I was like, Oh, evil dead looks like a reboot. Oh, it was actually really good. Fede Alvarez did that. And uh, it, it it was it was pretty brutal as well, and we didn't know that it was connected to the original movie until a, after credits. Bruce Campbell shows up in the shadows and goes groovy. Um, oh, no kidding! Yeah, so that's the only reason we realized this wasn't replacing what came before. You know, they, these kids just went back to the same cabin and found the same book. Okay. Um, so it looked like a remake until the end. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, and I mean, does this all still play in together with the TV series that was out for a little while too? Or was I, that... I, I, well, I mean, again, it, it depends if this is its own thing or if there are still connections to that universe. I can I would pretty much guarantee. I don't think you're going to see anything from the the previous movies or TV shows show up here since right. they're trying to build their own thing. But again, I don't see any reason to negate that any of that happened. There's just no. You, you don't want. You don't start a movie franchise by pulling in a t characters from a TV show nobody watched. This is true. Uh, yeah. I think I've seen all these movies so far. I'm pretty sure. You should watch um, the the TV series. It's on Netflix, I think. It's called Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah. It is hilarious, disgusting, and brutal, and just it was it was so much fun. I think I've seen a couple episodes. I don't know that I've seen them all. 
very very well done at least from a fan's perspective that was as perfect as an evil dead show could get and we got three seasons oh nice I mean, that's amazing on uh you know an indie horror film that you know sam raimi barely got made does does sam raimi do uh do um cameos in any of them i don't think so his no. brother ted does sounds like ron howard and clint howard <laughs> well well ted's in i don't know if clint howard's really an act, actor but uh Oh, he is. Um, uh, Ted, Ted Ramey is an actor. He's been in lots of other stuff, uh-huh. um, but his brother always seems to find a place for him in most of his movies. And that's what Ron Howard does with Clint Howard. Clint Howard's been in other movies too, but his brother, he has bit parts in all of his brothers. Might yep. be just a, a walk-on scene or whatever, but you, he's always in the movie somewhere. Yep. This is really what Bruce Campbell's known for, though, right? So yes. whenever, whenever he shows up in other movies... He's doing some kind of callback to Evil Dead, right? Oh, not not necessarily. No, I mean, no. I mean, because he, he's kind of a goofy character normally, so he kind of, in my mind, he kind of throws back some of his earlier stuff, <laughs> just just to kind of keep people, you know, in the know of or remembering of who he is. Wait, well, that that that's true to a degree, but then if you go and watch him in Burn Notice or Bubba Hotep, where he plays Elvis. I was thinking um, of Burn Notice, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, his character was a little wacky there, but it was yeah. definitely its its own thing. He was super entertaining. Um, right. You know, like Briscoe County Jr., he was in the yeah. Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, I mean, nobody ever, well, I, I would say Bubba Hotep is probably a completely different character because he really plays elderly Elvis in a uh, nursing home that's being plagued by a mummy. He, he <laughs> plays elderly Elvis, played by Bruce Campbell. He, I mean, it's just, he's just, he's, he's always himself, which is kind of funny. Are you saying he's another Ryan Reynolds? Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I mean, well, technically, he's been Ryan around Reynolds a hell of a lot longer, yeah. but yeah. I mean, yeah, I just. It sounds like Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage or something. Well, I just think, I mean, he's great. I, I, I just love him. It's just always, every time I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, he's that guy that I saw in, yeah, yeah. whatever that was. I think he's more capable than Hollywood will ever let him be. Uh, yeah, probably. You know, which I, I can't say that about every actor who plays themselves, but I, 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 I've, I've seen a few things like like Bubba Hotep where I'm like, you know, all right, he's getting to kind of do something a little different. Uh, you know, it's funny too because you know he says in his autobiography, you know, he was a good-looking guy. He thought he was going to be like a leading man in Hollywood, and then he did Evil oh. Dead, and it just that's what he became known for kind of derailed that career i think he plays it up too though i think he i think he enjoys what he does oh, oh yeah. i'm sure i met the man at a book signing at borders years ago when he released his first book um chatted with him for a little bit uh he's a really cool guy he uh, did, did the whole talk and everything and he actually gave people he didn't just sign your book he made you sit down next to him and he asked you questions oh nice so oh, what did, did he what did he recognize you from what I said I met him. This is he can't have recognized me from anything. <laughs> he hadn't met me before, Kevin. Are you drunk? Uh, but the interesting part about that story is he was actually paying attention because I went there with a guy uh, named Jeremy Harrison, uh, who uh, was my um, cubicle mate at uh, AT and T when I worked there. But they called them pods. They didn't like the word cubicles. And uh, Jeremy went up first, 
I don't know what he said to him. Then I go up there. He's like, yeah, so where do you work? I'm like, oh, AT&T. And she goes, oh, yeah, the last guy worked there, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he's my pod mate. He goes, pod mate, what do they think you are, whales? <laughs> I'll never forget that, you know? And I wonder if I ever actually ran into him again, is that the kind of exchange he might remember? Because it's remember just so you. strange, <laughs> you know? Telling you right now, he, he would remember you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Hughes is like a TVMA. Mine's TVY if you want to compare it to something. I'm very excited about a Zoom membership. Yes, I'm a big kid at heart. That's what's got me geeked this week. I know you're like, okay, that's weird. I, I thought I about love, it. I love the zoo. Yeah, like who doesn't love the zoo? So like my sister, mom, dad, and I went at around Christmas time. It was fun. We saw the new baby elephants, which are really awesome. So I was like, why not get a zoo membership to see all the animals all year round now, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool because I've always liked the chimpanzees. Those are always really neat. Um, they had wolves that were really cool. They were actually like pacing back and forth and literally they got right near the gate. Like, of course, you're being blocked, but like they started howling. They were all in unison, which was really cool. Uh, the penguins like dive bombing. Like my mom got real close to like the like the window. She's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. One penguin like they're like little dicks like they went like bam, right into the window. Like, so like scared my mom half to that death, which was really cool. Uh, the Bengal tigers are neat, which is really cool. It's just neat seeing like all the animals. And I'm like, okay, $58. Um, my parents can go for two fifty because they're seniors, but my sister and I, it was like $7. I'm like, why not get the dual membership? Emily and I can go like all year round now. So we can see like uh, the animals evolve or like, if I have like my niece or nephew come into town, I can take them to the zoo, which would be kind of neat. So it's not um to the upscale as Hughes, um, but like I was like, you know what, the zoo's kind of fun. I would like to get a, a membership and fifty eight dollars for myself and one other person. Why not for the year? Let's see what that does. People don't know how good uh, Burnett Park Zoo is. There are over a thousand animals. There's so many things to do there, so it's it's really fun. So and, and, it, and it's a very well cared for park. It's... It is. They had like um eels this past time. I was like, oh, that's something new. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, they have eels? At the, at the snack bar? Not the snack bar. No. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it was a Burger King. Like I that's like that's the last time I went to the zoo. Like it was a Burger King. Did, did you see there. did you see the octopus? I did. Fucking thing's cool as shit. Right? Oh my like it was just it's so cool. Like they they then they're like, we're gonna have some new animals too as well. So I'm like, okay, they're gonna have new things. So it was definitely a lot of fun. There was a little kid like terrorizing one of the baboons. He's like, "Hey, mom, look at this!" I'm like, "That baboon was getting so pissed. He like slammed his hand right across the glass." The kid ran right screaming. I'm like, "Ha, you little shit!" <laughs> I was like, "You got what he's coming to." So it was They'll fun. Throw their shit at you too. Yes, and they got like 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 um a bullseye butt or something like that. Bullseye ass, which is kind of neat. Well, but like it's just like little. Stop shit. looking at the monkey's ass. I can't stop. help it. Just stop. <laughs> It was fun though, but like, there's a lot of. Fun. I'm just surprised. Instead of saying they have a red ass, that you said they have a bullseye ass. I've never bullseye heard them ever described like that. <laughs> so you looked at that monkey ass and you're like, bullseye. <laughs> Damn right. But it was fun though. It was fun going to the zoo with family. But I was like, I'm gonna get have fun going to the zoo all year round now. Yeah, you're gonna have fun, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the zoo after dark. Woohoo! <laughs> Well, they also have like drink at the zoo too, because like they're like a time. At the zoo. Where you, yes. Yeah. So like I'm gonna be doing that. That'll be fun. So I'm like Emily, you can drive that time. So I'll be drinking at the zoo. It'll be a lot of fun. 
company Paul and I used to, or the company Paul and I continue, currently work for, used to have parties, and they had a party at the zoo one time. It was yeah, that was a blast. That was a fucking blast. It was one of the first times we actually went out and drank together. Yeah, I don't remember Paul being there, but I don't really remember much, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one my luck i would go to the zoo and i'll see kevin like one of the animals exhibits i'm like oh like emily like is that kevin I'm like yeah that's kev <laughs> he'll be hanging out with the elephants you know <laughs> swinging in the trees with the monkeys what? oh don't go near that guy he's looking at your <laughs> you'll have your own exhibit kev though a crazy man with coolest stash ever in a cell i'll have a comfortable chair my fucking tv and a bottle of fucking jack and i'll be happy <laughs> that sounds like the life right there all right <laughs> what are, uh, where are we where are we? whose turn is it i'll go all right carbs you go uh for me it was uh just the holidays, you know. Uh, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, Jack's party was off to Tahiti. Good time over there. Oh, wait, I wasn't there. Sorry. Fiji? <laughs> Where? I'm done hosting New Year's parties, but that's another segment. <laughs> so, um, Kelly and I went and saw Jesse May, uh, New Year's Eve. Um, she, she's amazing. You know, we had a great time, laughed the entire time. Uh, just came home. Watched the ball drop, went to bed. You know, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Um, I don't really drink as much as I used to, um, which is a shame, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a nice night. Like I said, we came home and hung out. Next day, kind of hung out for the day with uh, with Kelly and did a bunch of stuff. Went to breakfast and stuff like that. So watched the watched the. Giants destroy the Colts, which was, you know. Always a good time. Yeah. I mean, Colts suck this year, so we're not going to go there. Um, so, but that's it. You know, it, was just, it was just a nice, relaxing three-day weekend, back-to-back three-day weekends, which was nice. You didn't have a three-day weekend? Oh, don't get, don't get him started. Don't get oh. him started. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Well, that's, that, that seems like that might be a different story right there. Yeah, we, we didn't get Monday off. Which Monday? This past. This yeah, didn't get to, you didn't get the second off? No. Mm. New Year's observed. <laughs> wow. There was almost nobody working in our company except <laughs> us. Yeah. Was now, there a reason why? Wait, was there a reason why you doing something IT related or just because nope. they, did, they, they decided we were working? That's all. They don't see the second as a holiday. Even uh, though it was federally, they saw the the twenty sixth as a holiday. Well, they you know there's there's got to be a day off somewhere for Christmas, right? Because it's Christmas, but New Year's they don't give a shit about. So are you now? I'm going to ask this question, and it's it's weird, but will you be working next year on Monday? No, on the actual first. No, no idea yet. No, not. not the no, first not will be first. considered no. observed. Yeah. No, they would observe right. that. Your company's a bunch of bitches. <laughs> so, I, don't know. I, I got a real nice fucking bonus this year. I don't give a fuck. Yes, okay. <laughs> you got a re- Did you say you got a real knife? You don't give a shit? <laughs> a real nice bonus. Oh, I you said you yeah. got a real knife. I'm like, okay. <laughs> was that bonus your heat? <laughs> it helped pay for that. That was heat. the gift I gave myself. <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Right. Speaking of that, is it my turn? It is. 
Because I have a lot to say about you bitches. Is this Festivus? The rest of us? I know. Just, we, I'm just kidding. We could have given you an episode for that if you wanted to do I that. I know. I know. <laughs> Bring out I've, the I, I've been delinquent. I've not been here. And I've missed out on, on hanging out with you guys and talking about all the fun stuff that's been going on. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know, Paul, if you published the last time I visited. Or if you just cut me right out of it, I'm not sure, but doesn't matter. Um, so, oh yeah, no, yeah, you were in. You were there. What am I? What am I? What am I happy for right now? What am I? What am I geeked about? Well, I'm I'm fucking happy I have heat, and I'm I'm happy that we got through the holidays without dying from the bitter cold, and I'm happy that I have the funds to be able to pay for all that. And what do I mean by that? Well, I had a new boiler put in, and I had new uh new floorboard or baseboard uh, uh um what do you call them? radiators radiators the old ones were leaking um we had a couple that leaked over the last couple of years we've actually taken them out of service there's a way that you can cut them out and you can plug them up and 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 they stop leaking but what happened was in the room i'm in they leaked in the master bedroom they leaked in the, in the downstairs bedroom they leaked so we took them out of service in each one of those rooms, and it's been over the last couple of years. So we've had a steady decline in the amount of heat we've had in the house, um, and we've supplemented with with uh, electric heaters. So we get a hold of Isaac, and I, I can't say enough about him. Um, I would love to give them all the advertisement in the world because they were fantastic. Isaac Heating out of Syracuse, New York, um, and actually they're all over upstate New York. They've got like eight locations now. Um. Something like that. But uh, they're, they're a fantastic project manager came in, wrote up a quote, you know, measured up all the all the length of baseboard heaters, told us what uh, boiler he suggested. We went from a single zone. So the whole house is one zone to two, two zones, it's a split level. So then we have a lower uh, the kitchen living room is all one zone and the bedrooms are all a, a different zone. Um, the, this office I'm in, it's a uh, old it's a bedroom, but they're they're all on a second zone so which is nice we've always wanted that because we want to be able to run the fireplace downstairs we got to we have a really nice fireplace we want to be able to use that without affecting the heat in the rest of the house thermostats downstairs you run the, the fireplace it affects the thermostat so the rest of the house gets cold not anymore it's it's fantastic um well worth the money spent um and it wasn't it wasn't inexpensive uh, Hugh, I think I told you how much we spent on it. And um, I, I just have this to go back on. Everything we've done with this house, and we've done we've done waterproofing in the basement, we've put the roof on, we've put patio on, we've done the, the driveway, we've, now we've done the heating in the house. Worse still, I can't even tell you how many, like $75,000, $80,000 under, and, and including the amount we spent on buying the house, under what the house is successful right now. Wow, nice. So I wow. mean, I, I I can't complain. I really can't complain. House was built in '57. You know, it was it was it was well built. The heating system lasted as long as it did. And here's what we found out as we were taking the the uh, the um, baseboards out. Every single one of them was leaking. Oof. It was only a matter of time before they actually caused damage. So it was time. It yeah. Was time. So I'm happy. I'm happy. I money well spent. Holidays yeah, you, were successful. Well, go ahead. 
when you said you had leaking and all that stuff, did anything get damaged in your house at all? Yep. Or? Yep. I have uh, warped hardwoods in the master bedroom and I have stained hardwoods here in this room. And we have, uh, I had drywall damage in the living room, um, actually along the main wall, the drywall was rotted right out. Had to have my buddy come in, and it, it had been wet and dry, and wet and dry, and wet and dry. So it was it was brittle. I mean, it just fell apart. So I had my buddy come in, and we cut it out. He's a general contractor. We cut out what was there, and he put in new. And what we're going to do this summer is uh, we're going to tape tape and mask everything off, and sand everything and paint. So yeah, we've we, uh, enough damage, enough not not permanent damage, not damage so bad that it you know that that it, um, deals with the integrity of the house or the floor, the walls or anything like that. But yeah, damage for sure. I know when my basement flooded this past winter, like I had some damage in my basement. I had to put more insulation in, new baseboards, all that mm -hmm. stuff. It's like. Uh, it, when you you know from experience like you're living out of your house you're like oh this sucks so bad i just want to be in my house this is my safe space this is mm -hmm. where i go to close myself off from the world and you just can't enjoy it so sorry i had to go through that it's just it, what's what 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 i look at is this is mine you know and and when i do it when i fix it when i change it i'm going to always change it for the better and it's, and I'll know what it is. I'll know what I have. I'll know what's there. And I'm okay with that. I really am. Perfect. And those hardwoods, um, I know a guy, just saying. Yes, we do. So, yes, we do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's got me gigged is, is something I stumbled across today. And it's a, it's a brand new um, establishment in Syracuse. It's called Harvey's Garden. It is a food truck park. Have you guys heard about this yet? No. I'm in. I'm not done yet. It's a food truck park. It's in this giant warehouse, I guess. What? And, yep, as well as a self-serve beer wall. Why are we there right now? Why can't we record there? They won't let us yet. <laughs> they don't know us. <laughs> um, where, so where, wait, where is this? I'm getting there. <laughs> so here, here's the deal. Patrons can come in, grab a card connected to their tab, bring the card over to the wall, swipe it, scan it, whatever, and it'll pay for what you pour. And they're all featured breweries from within 80 miles of the place. So it's all local brews. Uh, it's on East Water Street near Mello Velo. I know exactly where that is. Oh, all right. So uh, definitely a place. Uh, and right now with it being wintertime, there's a lot of the food trucks aren't operating. So they intend in the spring to get a lot more of them in there. It sounds like it could be a really cool place. It does sound like something that we should all go check out at some point. It's so. down the road from my house, isn't it? Uh, Velo, isn't that the bike shop? Yeah. Right off Erie Boulevard? Yeah, they actually closed their uh, restaurant part. Yep. So Middle Ages Brewery, like you got a lot of good stuff, it sounds like. I'm assuming. Probably like Buried Acorn, maybe even um, the one over in Clay. Um, oh, Fred no, Yard. it's not near oh, Buried yeah. Acorn, is it? Well, they said within no. 80 miles. Oh, hey, oh. We're, we're discussing the different breweries oh, that oh, could oh, potentially oh, sorry. be there. Sorry, sorry, That's sorry. That's all right. Um. So link will be in the show notes for it for the article I read at least. Well, um I'm very interested in checking the place out. 
they'll have Myers then too. When you yeah. said you stumbled upon it, what were you looking up or how'd you find it? No, it was an article off of CNY Central on Facebook. Cool. And uh, when I saw a self-serve beer wall, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I wanted to check that out. I was um, like, beer wall, I need to run into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's, tacos, yeah. Cali, tropical. I was already on to it. Yeah, I was going to say, he's tropical. speaking in tongues over here. Uh, Umba, Umpa Lumpia. Umpa Lumpia's is there? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, they will wait, wait. be. Uh, Gene Wilder's there, there, Corbs. Yeah. January 11th. January 11th. That's uh, a girl. Yeah, January 14th. That's, that, that's, her, uh, that's her food truck. She's got nice. great food. I've heard of Cafe, it before. Yeah. What kind of food does she have, Corbs? Uh, it's like Asian Asian fusion. Filipino, uh, especially the Filipino fusion food, we serve <laughs> award winning lumpia. Lum- yep. Lumpia. She, uh, she makes, she also does cakes on the side. Nice. She's, cool. a, she's a fantastic cake maker. She made my nephew's I'll cake for his graduation. Cake. She's dude, she makes the best cakes. Sounds amazing. Cakes on the side sounds like a a show title to me. I love her fucking cake. I'll eat all of it. (laughs) And her frosting, too, right? You said said Harvey's Garden? Harvey's Garden. Named after the former mayor of Syracuse, apparently. Yes. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it was. I, I didn't expect to, to uh, spark off that that much excitement. So that's that's cool. Maybe we'll have to let them know how excited we are, and they won't care and or know who we are. Um, but nobody cares about us. No, care. That's oh, also maybe in a the title. future it could be Geek Pod presents Harvey's Garden. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd like to run um, my fingers through Harvey's Garden. <laughs> right there, just those two, right, Kev? <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move on to the Players Club. Is anybody uh, gaming this week? No. I have a game to talk about. I took the plunge after playing Skyrim for the last few weeks and seeing all the hubbub about the 2022 game of the year. I was scared, but I went and I did it. I bought Elden Ring. Now, anyone who knows anything about Elden Ring, it is a Souls game. It's from the company that makes like uh, Demon Souls and all that. What they're known for is is action platformers that are so ridiculously hard, like life cru- life threatening, soul crushingly hard, difficult games. The Elden Ring is their first attempt at something a little more accessible. Um, still very challenging, uh, but it's an open world. You can go anywhere right from the start. Um, as long as you can beat the bosses, but you're not channeled. You can get around, you can run past stuff. Um, I'm only a few hours into the game and I already found a way to skip ahead to, to get a better weapon. So I'm better equipped for the area that I'm, I'm still in, but I got to tell you, this thing is fucking beautiful. It plays like a dream on the steam deck. And I even used the, uh, the dock and I plugged an Xbox controller in and was playing on this screen. I'm looking at myself on right now and it ran beautifully there's a reason this game is game of the year it's fucking fantastic i will say that don't try it if you're easily frustrated or at the very least understand that you're gonna die a lot but what's interesting about it is you know when you die you drop the the runes you're carrying that's your gold 
you have to get back to that and reclaim your runes without dying again or they're gone. But it kind of becomes a game of you figure out where the enemies come from. It, it's Someone d described it to me as it's almost like a game of memorization. Like he he told me, it was my boss actually, Brandon, um, told me that, you know, there are people that have beaten this game using the dance pad from Dance Dance Revolution. Because really it's all about memorizing the attacks and what to do when. And I went through a catacomb um, yesterday where I just, I, I died a lot, but every time I got a little further, a little further, figured out how to deal with the enemies that were in there. And by the time I got done, I had a huge sense of accomplishment, uh, you know, and I had stayed away from it because I'm like, man, I want my games to be fun. I don't want them to be frustrating, mm -hmm. but from software it has done it right. And there's a reason it's game of the year. So if, if you've been on the fence about it, like I was, check it out. It, it is fucking amazing. Outstanding. And somebody let that damn cat out. <laughs> Whose fucking pussy is that? It's mine. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't. You're keep welcome, it Jack. <laughs> Paul and I are looking at each other. Actually, I had to let him in. He was outside asking to come in. You said you were starting to mention your game right here. Meow, meow. It happens. They just they 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 take turns. They want to come back here and see what I'm doing. Outstanding. <sighs> um. <laughs> Is anybody else playing anything? I'm still playing Midnight Suns. I'm getting a little bit further in it. Love the game still. Uh, I just got Spider-Man to join the team, so that was fun. Um, but nothing new to report on it at the moment. Um, anybody else? We did the Beat Saber thing that I was telling you guys about for the New Year's show. So we had the wheel okay. and all that. It was fun, but it got out of control pretty quick. But it was uh, pretty fun. Nice. Um because one of my friends, after he drinks like actually only two beers, he gets like shit faced so fast. He's like, "Look at me! Look what I can do!" Like I have no holes in my basement, but um, definitely uh, the ceiling was punched a couple times. So I warned I like, you about that. You did, you did, you but no, like um, but he was doing it to let it go from Frozen because we had to put um a song <laughs> on there that nobody wants, and he got let it go. So you wrecked your ceiling to let it go. That's what I'm saying. There was chop suey on there. There was songs from disturbed i'm like okay you wreck my try to wreck my ceiling from let it go jack jack hmm. let let it go i'm not letting it go <laughs> i won't let it go so all right that's about it i'm assuming no one else is gaming so sounds to me like it's time for the long-awaited return of Cavs tabletop review Okay, so this week I've got something um, kind of a throwback to the way we used to do things before. Before I actually had a bunch of games I could review and show you right in front of me. This is one that I've had to do a little bit of research on. Um, I think it's pretty cool, and I hope you like it too. It's called Cat in the Box. Cat in the, yeah, Cat in the Box. Uh, this is the deluxe edition, uh, which was released in 2022. Um it's uh, the designer is Miniyuki Yoko Yoko Chui Yokuichi whatever the hell his name is he's Japanese <laughs> artist is another Japanese guy I have no idea uh, publisher Hobby Japan now this is a really interesting game okay so I've got some notes here that I wrote on it I'm gonna I'm gonna run down the notes but 
I want you to pay special attention when I get down to uh, the references, okay? Because that's where this is really going to make sense to you. Um, now, the game, everything I read about this, it, it, every every review I, I saw, they keep throwing back to how this relates to Schrodinger's cat. Now, I have no idea where they get that from because nothing in the game mechanics actually comes close to that. So I, I, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, two to five players. This is a trick-taking game, so you you um, have to win the hand, right? To or to win the tricks. There's also a point where you actually bet to see how many tricks you'll take, and if you if you meet your bet, you get more points that way. Um, player boards. You have a player board. Uh, there's four colors on the board and trick numbers down the center. Depending on how many players are in the game, you have different numbers. You could take one, three, five, one, two, or three. You could say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take two tricks this hand. You put your little marker on there. Um, and it's what's really interesting is the cards in this game all have one color, black. And they only take on a color when you assign the color. And what that means is of the four colors in the game, three are in play and one is trump. If you played a if you played a can a, a, a card game where you've had a trump set before, like mm, spades, uh, you understand what that means. So you play through your hand, and if I have a five that I declare is yellow and no one else has the six that is yellow in a three-player game, the six is the high card, then I win that trick. I win that hand. However, if Paul trumps me with the red card because he has no yellows, declares he has no yellows can no longer play yellow throughout the game then he would win that hand if no one else uh can can play a trump card or or decides to play a trump card higher than his so tricks with trump and a twist a little thing called um oh i gotta get the name right paradox paradox is when a player cannot play a card the, the the numbers and the color that they've that, that is currently in play are full. They don't have any numbers in the color. They also don't have a number that they could use for Trump. So therefore, they cannot play. That hand is done. All the points are then totaled up. So it could have been the very first player of that particular hand, you know that particular round. And if if that is the case, I don't think it would really work out that way. But if that is the case, the game would end and it would total total the points up. So. Uh, in a three-player game, for example, um, each each person would start the, the game. Each person would start the, the round. And the first person that would go would actually be issued the card and have it dealt to them. That would decide they would go first. Once everyone has gone first, and that would total for a three-person um, uh, game, that would total nine hands if everybody played through all, all, all their hands. At the end, you total the game and, and see who wins. Um, so there's a there's a there's a um, a playing field called the center or research board. Each player has a player board that has your particular color pieces on it, and it has, like I said, the four colors: uh, yellow, red, green, and blue. Um, and your you have a specific uh, uh, player piece of your own. Um, in a, in a five-player game, you'd play all the way up to all nine cards. In a three-player game, you'd play up to six, and then the other ones uh, somewhere between. Uh, the mechanics. Uh, play hands according to color chosen by initial player. 
player can choose uh, can use a trump color to win a hand, or as I already mentioned, players continue playing until every card has been played or a paradox occurs, as I mentioned earlier. If a player encounters a paradox and ability to play a card legally, the scoring, uh, scoring starts immediately. Play continues until each player has started uh, a game one time. Right, so three games for three players, three uh, three rounds. Um, details of the game: for, uh, twenty to forty minute play time. Uh, weight. This is what I. This is kind of high on the scale of what I like. One point eight eight out of five. So I'll be honest with this: it took me probably four or five review videos before I actually got the gist of the game. Um, and I think that was more because most of the game review videos fucking suck. These people live in basements and they don't go outside. They don't know what sunlight is and they don't know how to talk to people. That's the only thing I can figure because they just cannot verbalize what it is that's going on in front of them. I digress. Um, play continues. Okay, got all that. Uh, $25 retail for the game, $21 to $45 on the geek market, which is in my favorite website, boardgamegeek.com. They don't sponsor our show, they don't give me any money. I just like the website because it's everything all in one. You can go and you can research all sorts of games, all sorts of tabletop games, very honest reviews, reviews from people that actually played the game. Um, pictures of the game, uh, video of gameplay. Speaking of that, please, if you are interested in this game, if you have any interest at all, watch before you play, all one word, before you play on YouTube for a video review and playthrough. They were actually chosen to do the playthrough by the game uh, importer. So what they do, it's a man and a woman, um, and she happens to be kind of cute, so it, it works for me. Um, they actually run through it, and they actually run through the mechanics, the mechanics of a trick-taking game, the mechanics of a, a game with a trump card or color in it. So they run through the mechanics for you, then they get into the gameplay. So by the time you watch that, you will completely understand how the game is played. Um, and the, the, the nice thing about this game, what really brought, what really drew me in was it's a, it's a, it's a strategy game for gamers, for gamers, gamers will love it because you can plan, you can, um, hopefully predict what's going to happen for yourself, you know, you know, it's cards. So, I mean, you know, good luck with that. I guess you can kind of use some of the card mechanics to kind of make that work in your favor and hopefully throw off the players but for the um the the casual gamers it's still very interesting and very fun and very uh, and i think very quick to pick up so again this is cat in a box this is the deluxe edition again look it up on boardgamegeek.com and uh before you play on youtube before i'm done i would like to throw out a request if you have a game store, have a bunch of games, know of some games, please let us know. Get in contact with Paul, send a, a GeekPod a message, however you want, through the socials, email, whatever you're, whatever, whatever possible. 
Let us know what you have, what you'd like to see, and if you have something we can borrow. If you do, Paul will let me know. I will get in touch with you personally, and I'll arrange borrowing the game. I'll review the game because I really do like laying it out and showing the video of it. I don't have that much of a that much of a stash myself, um, and I've only got so much room to keep games. So borrowing games is actually the way to go for me right now. So if if you if you um, uh, identify with that description, and you're interested in having your game uh, reviewed on our on our show uh, on our on our podcast, please let us know. Perfect, and that'll be posted to our Facebook as well, if I remember. <clears throat> but. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think we should probably kick it to to break at that point. So stick with us guys. We'll be back with the news. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. Before you get drunk in Cabo and slap your wife about as hard as my 11-year-old daughter slaps me when I fart on the couch, here's the news. First up, throwdown in C-Town. UFC founder and Joe Rogan enabler Dana White is in hot water after a video of him slapping his wife in Cabo on New Year's Eve has surfaced. Dana has come right out and made no excuses for his behavior, and his wife has also publicly said this was completely out of character and they've talked it out. It's worth noting this wasn't like a brawl or anything. They seem to be arguing she slapped him, he slapped her back. I'm pretty sure I slapped my wife on the ass harder than they slapped each other. While it's no excuse, I think context is important here, as this wasn't a violent beating. But you wouldn't know it from the news headlines, with calls for him to step down from UFC and basically making him out to be a violent, abusive criminal. Now, for the record, I am not a UFC or Dana White fan, only a truth in journalism fan. While there's no excuse for his behavior, context is king, and there is also no excuse for her behavior. But I'll be damned if a single headline I could find mentioned she slapped him first. In fact, that little tidbit was buried past the fold in every single news source I checked. Does that make him retaliating right? Of course not. Does it mean possibly this was a drunken human mistake and not the same thing as a jealous husband putting his wife in the hospital with a broken orbital bone because she smiled at the fucking mailman? Sure seems like it to me. I couldn't care less what happens to Dana White or the UFC, but this is another example of all news outlets creatively editing a story for clicks and agenda. That is wrong on any day of the week, but even more so when real lives could be ruined by it. And not just penis head McFighty's life, his kids, the people that work for 
forum, etc. Just report the whole fucking story and let us decide for ourselves what we think. Next up, you guys are going to hate this. Can I get a little beat here? Hawkeye got run over by a snowplow. What? Too soon? Avengers actor Jeremy Renner was involved in a life-threatening accident over the weekend. He apparently got run over by his snowplowing machine while trying to clear out snow near his home. The vehicle began rolling backwards and he attempted to get in to stop it. At least one leg and his chest were seriously injured and he lost a ton of blood. A neighbor was able to stem the bleeding with a tourniquet and towels until first responders arrived. Now, we don't have more specific details about his injuries other than they were extensive and not just to his leg. He posted a picture from the hospital looking a bit beat up in the face thanking fans for their support it sounds like this was pretty serious and we could have lost him guys the geek pod team wishes him a speedy recovery and has a little advice hire someone to plow your shit you can afford it and finally housekeeping or should i go housekeeping House of the Dragon showrunner Miguel Sapochnik has left the show after the first season when HBO refused to promote his wife to the production team for season two Oh, I almost ran out of breath there. Season two. She was credited as a producer and had a few on-screen scenes in the first season. He apparently wanted to make this a permanent situation and demanded her promotion. After mediation, HBO still declined the request due to her inexperience. He then quit the show, leaving a fortune on the table, and then fired his agency to join his wife's agency instead. I mean, it's cool that he supports his wife that much, but man, is he going to be pissed when she leaves him for Post Malone or Machine Gun Kelly. Isn't that what all the Hollywood lives are doing and wives are doing these days anyway? Seems like it. And that's the news, kids. It's been an interesting week. But don't let that distract you from the fact that in 2017, a pathetic podcast team was sent to social media jail by Facebook court for the crime of letting Andrew Montclair near the general public. These men promptly escaped from a poorly reviewed Chinese buffet to the last Denny's in Syracuse, New York. Today, still wanted by everyone to stop recording more garbage, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, not even antibiotics, and you can find them, maybe you can hire geek pod paul in other news almost all the villains in the bible have red hair back mm-hmm. to you carbs ginger holocaust soulless bastards seriously what's up with the gingers these days crazy seriously <laughs> i should not Um, so we're going to talk sports and it's going to be kind of a downer. Um, I know Jack probably knows what I'm going to, to bring up. I'll help you uh, with that. <laughs> so, uh, Monday night, the football game, Monday night, uh, Damar Hamlin, uh, made a tackle and I wasn't watching the game. I heard about a second hand. Um, my ex kind of said something to me and I was kind of engrossed in, uh, Something on Paramount Plus that I'll talk about later. And uh, so I wasn't watching the game, but I, I immediately flipped it on. Um, DeMar Hamlin made a just a routine tackle. I mean, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't a hard hit, anything like that. Uh, went down, he got right back up, and then immediately passed out. Crashed to the ground. Yeah, no hands, no nothing. Right down on the back of his head. Um Come to find out, he had a cardiac arrest. 
his heart actually stopped beating on the field. They administered CPR for multiple minutes. Nice. You guys understand? Yeah, you understand CPR is to keep your heart beating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a life-saving. So his heart was not beating. They hit him with the paddles, all this on the field, in front of all the players, everybody in attendance. Um, they did get his heart started started on the field several times. It, yeah, they. I mean, it, it stopped a couple different times on the field. Um, he. They put him on the, the. They put him in the ambulance. They got him to the hospital. His mom was at the, the game. She was in the stands. They got her. They waited for her to come down to the field to put her in the ambulance because they didn't know if he was going to make it. Um, he is in stable condition. He is in critical condition in Cincinnati Hospital. Uh, he's in a metal pain induced coma. All this stuff. They they are show they are saying he is showing signs of improvement. Improvement, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, he's not out of the woods by a long shot. What does that mean, though? If he's in a coma, they're medically him- induced. They, they, they did they, it they, to they, keep they, him comfortable they, because they, they've got a breathing tube in. Is yeah. his heart beating on its own? I mean, yes. I mean, yes. Is that so was, his, his heart is beating on his own. Fifty percent of the time, yeah. yeah. So, so they've got they got they've got him intubated. It, it's the wildest thing. I mean, Jack, you've watched football probably as much as I watched football. Yeah. Paul, you played football, Kev. I don't, I, you know, I assume you. At I least know what it watched, is. You know, it, yeah. I, Paul, you and I played football, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've been hit harder than that tackle. Yeah, the, and yeah. the only thing that they're pointing to on that was that it was. Helmet right to the chest, but you know what? I mean, so that's why you wear pads. So that's... what I saw was that there is like a one in fifty billion chance that he had an impact at the exact same time that the electrical yep. signal was sent to his heart. Yes, to, to beat. Yeah, and in that situation, along with whatever other complicating situation he has going on that they haven't identified yet or they haven't told us about yet, that, that could have. Affected what happened, right? It was it, from what they're saying. It's like the perfect. It's like the perfect storm. Yeah, everything was at the right. Was where it needed to be for that day to happen. Nine times out of ten, you get up and walk away from that. And you go back and you, you're still playing. You, he didn't have a concussion, nothing like that. Like I said, it was just a straight, plain, run of the mill tackle. I mean, maybe a little jar to the chest, but nine times out of ten, guys get that on every play, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But like Kev just said, it was that perfect. That, that, that's a hypothesis. That's a right. hypothesis. Right, because you, you, you're probably never going to know. Right, there's two, there's one or two medical professionals I saw either this morning or yesterday that they, they happened to say that, and they brought it up, and they actually there's a name for that. Um, the the having an impact at the same time that the that the pulse happens at the heart, and and then I obviously don't remember what it is. Right. Um, but they said that's a possibility. So. No, um, Corbs, I don't want to take away from your segment, though. Yeah, I was watching that game fully for sure. Like T Higgins was coming in just like on a slant pattern. Yep. And then DeMar Hamlin comes right in on the tackle because these players like, yes, they're the best conditioned athletes in the world. They're getting paid millions of dollars for what they're doing. He's 24 years old. He's in his third season. And literally, you see him make the tackle. It's like a routine tackle. Like you said, you and Paul have played the game. I'm a student of the game. I never played, but I know a lot about football. Just the hit, like he gets up, shakes his mouth guard off, and then he falls right back down. And you're like, yeah. wait, wait, what? So, like, you're, like, you're watching this game, and, like, my whole family are Bills fans, and we're watching this, and it's just like, what is going on here? Because they say eight minutes. It's like eight minutes they have to do CPR, and then there's a good chance you'll survive. And this was nine minutes, so yeah. 
15. Well, he was on the field. He was on the field for for, for 16 20, total yes, minutes. Yes, exactly. From, from the time it happened till the get time they got him off field, it was 16 minutes. So, now, yeah, I, I want to ask Corbs. Uh, I read something about you know people are now saying that the game has to change and the only solution is to go to flags. Um, I'm sure you have opinions on that, but just out of curiosity, I'm wondering: A, do you think it could ever happen? And B, could the league survive that? Could the league survive it going to flags? I don't think so. No. The 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 league was is founded on and based on hitting. It's a it's a it's a violent game, and I don't see them going to that. And I came out here the night it happened, and I told my mom about it. We turned on Channel Nine because the game was on Channel Nine. It was on ESPN and Channel Nine, and obviously they had, you know, guys on the field and stuff like that. And Scott Van Pelt was talking and. He was criticizing the league for not canceling the game right away. Correct. And I, I, I said, I was telling my mom, it's not, it's, it's not just a one-person decision. Yes, Goodell has the right of right of power, but they had no idea what was going on, so they had to wait until they got the information. If he got to the hospital and all of a sudden was fine, I don't think there would have been an issue. They would have continued the game, but would have been started. You know, it would have been delayed an hour or whatever. But the fact that they had no idea what was going on, they had no idea if he was going to survive. They had no idea. So they had to wait. <laughs> and they well, have to wait. They have to They have to wait. And they have to. it has to be something where the, the players agree to it, which the players all didn't want to play. You could see right. that. They, yeah. they, were, they were all done. The word I heard on that was – Word went to the locker rooms saying we want to continue the game. And basically both teams said, get oh. fucked. We're, we're not right. going back out there. Right. So, so that's a, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll see where Goodell, not Goodell, take it back, where uh, McDermott and honestly, Zach, Taylor. Zach Taylor are standing in the middle of the hall, uh, middle of the hallway between the locker rooms where they are. And they're talking on the phone and they're, they're assuming that they're making their case why the game shouldn't be played. My thing is, is I'm, I'm sure they're talking to Goodell and the Players Association and all those guys, and they're saying, this is what needs to happen. Right. It's not something where it's it's the coach's decision to stop the play. Because that, if that be the case, games get 51 to 10, the Rams okay. and the Broncos. That game would have been stopped on cuts, I and mean, that game was horrible. Right. This was a different situation, and it's not something that the coaches and the players can dictate. No. It has to come from the legal office. It has There's to come a- whole lot of channels that has that decision has exactly. to go so that's, that's before anything can took, be done. That's why it took so long for them to postpone the game. Yeah. It's not oh, something that like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to stop playing. Yeah. No, everything you just said there, Corbs, basically, um, like what Paul said, the, the players and the coaches got together and um, the league office was like, oh yeah, we'll just give you five minutes and then you can resume the game. When that happened, um, I was watching Sean McDermott's press conference. I think last night he was like, I have to get in that ambulance. I have to be with my player. And he made sure everyone was um, praying and all that stuff. Zach Taylor of the Bengals was working with the league office because the league office is like, you have to play. And Zach Taylor took it upon himself. He's like, okay, I'll take this on and be like, league, we're not going to continue this game. There, there are no shape to finish this game, but go right. ahead. Continue. Right. No, and they, and they weren't. You could see they were saying that Stefan Diggs was trying to get everybody kind of riled up and ready to go and, you know, they were all rah, rah, rah in a huddle and all that stuff. And the guys kind of, when they broke, the guys kind of went back to just doing what the guys were on the sit on the bench, crying, everything like that. It just, 
it just was it's something that's never happened on the field. You've never had anything like this happen ever. And unfortunately, I think what Hugh was talking about, them going to flag football or whatever it might be, it's, it will take something where a player actually does die on the field. Well, I just wonder if that's even possible. It's, I mean, it's, it's not. Not, not, in, not in this game. Not yeah, in a professional re- manner. When no. I was reading, I'm like, this is the stupidest. I don't even like football. But I mean, you know what? When that, that hockey guy got his you know, throat cut by the, the the hockey blade, they didn't say, okay, you're all wearing roller skates. I mean, you just can't change the game like that. Right. They, 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 they change it. They change it enough as it is. And they try to make it safer, but I, I they were even saying that this, this game, it, uh, it's, it's predatory on minorities and stuff because, you know, most of the players are black and all that stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, this is something people want to do. They work right. their whole life to get here. Right, I mean, right. I, I'm not going to say that there are any predatory practices in the NFL, but I don't think any of those guys making a couple million a year doing what they love feel like they're they're being predated on by anybody. Right. I mean, it's just a stupid argument. How dare they take advantage of them by giving them multi million dollars a year? Yeah, well, well, all what it is, and we we have a common thing in our news cycle now. If something happens, and you can slightly conflate race into it at all, at, at all, that becomes the major part of the conversation. Oh, yeah. And I mean, should the NFL be taking precautions to protect their players? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as I can see, I mean, they've been trying to do that, right. mm-hmm. you know, while maintaining the integrity of the game. And this is exactly. from an outsider. Um, I, I don't think you jump straight to racism. Now, like you're talking about with, with the, the slant in the public eye on things like this. Yeah. Has anyone else seen the report that people were trying to point at the the coronavirus vaccine might have had something to what? do with this? Yeah. Yes. Seriously. They they were trying some a splinter group, of course, nice crazy pants. Yes. Um. Was was trying to say that because he had his his COVID vaccine that that may have played a part in the heart trauma, and it's like, oh, stop. I mean. Evil Knievel probably couldn't and, and, make and that jump. And the worst part about that is, is, is people are going to run with that shit now. Yep, yeah, it's going to be all over. It, yeah, it's going to be. It's out there. You know, it's just. And you're going to see next at next week's games. There's going to be protests that the games too violent. It needs. It needs to be banned or whatever. That's how be. I heard, I heard about this because you guys know I wasn't watching Monday Night Football. Um, I was taking my nightly dump. And on 4chan, which you, you guys know, you know, that's where I get all of my interesting, you know, dark webby type stuff. And one of the things was, hey, the Vax took another another one. You know, millions of people watched a guy die on TV tonight. And I'm like, what the fuck is this about? And I couldn't find anything in that thread because it just started. But I went to Google News and that's how I found it. So that's how I actually got to this story. I mean, this this is within minutes of it happening. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like what Hugh said, though, like these are professional athletes. They work their asses off for their whole lives. This is what their dream is. This is what they want to do. Like Ryan Clark, an ESPN analyst, I'm sure Corbs will talk about it. Like he gave a great speech about it. this guy. Literally, it's his dream. This is what he wanted to do. This is his first love. He's only 24 years old. This is all he's known to do is play football. And that's what he wants to do. Yes, he's a, a football player making money, but like. This is a 24-year-old gentleman fighting for his life, not football player, a human being fighting for their life. All right, I'm going to throw another twist in here. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, Corbs, I'm taking a little bit more of your steam away from you. Go for it. These guys do it because it's what they want to do. They know the risks. Exactly. They yep. make a lot of money. Now, okay, 
if you want to bring race into it, you want to say, okay, this little kid, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the inner city, he doesn't know any other way to make it. So he's going to play football every single day of his life thinking that he's going to be a pro football player. Now, if you want to, if you want to spin it that way, fine, but I got another spin for you. How about a guy, a white guy that came up racing in motorsports? Okay. However, he got into it as a kid, probably racing in a go-kart, whatever, made a huge name for himself in rally sports, okay? Made all sorts of viral videos. He's the go-to guy from a company called Ford Motorsports, okay? Ford, their motorsports division, goes to this guy when they bring out a brand new Ford Focus that they want to sell to rally racers, they go to him and they're like, hey, Ken, why don't you debut this car for us? Why don't you give us a little input on this car for us? Multi-millionaire because of the brand that he's built. Yep. Co-founder of a shoe company. Yep. DC I know you're talking, know you're okay. talking about. Goes out, lives his life to the fullest every single fucking day. Lost his life two days ago. Doing what he loves chose to do it he was there because he chose to do it just like that guy on the football field and which one which one are you hearing more about well you don't hear anything about ken block unless you're in motorsports you don't hear anything about it at all nope. hey i posted a news story about that to rev transcripts today so there you go i i did hear about ken block as well but i had no idea who he was i it had took, to look it, into it, it. it it took me a second to realize who it was first when I first saw it and it, it was, it was on, it was actually on ESPN. People there, was, that don't... there was an article on ESPN about it, but it was like the top of the thing was, Ken, you know, the thing about DeMar Hamlin and it was like the last thing in the, in the news feed at the very bottom, it says motor, motor racer block that 50, 55, 45, 55 yeah. killed in car accident. And I was like, I was like, I'm like, who is this? And I, I first didn't realize who it was. And then I started reading it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Ken block died. If you don't follow motorsports, you don't know who he is. Oh, well, well no, 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 hold, that, that's wrong. If you don't follow motorsports, you might not know exactly who he is. You don't have to follow motorsports to have seen something he's done. Yes. That's the difference. Yeah. So the, my, my thing, the only thing, the only good thing I see that's come out of the whole thing with DeMar Hamlin is his, uh, he's got a, like a, a GoFundMe page. That yeah. He does, he does for his charity. charity. It's for charity. Before this happened, and it's the tragedy part of it, it, it is where it's coming from, and I understand that. But before he got hurt, his GoFundMe page only had twenty five hundred dollars in it. Now he takes that GoFundMe and he buys toys for inner youth kids that don't have the funds for toys. Wasn't that all he was asking for? Yes. Yes, he was only asking for twenty five hundred dollars, and he got the twenty five hundred dollars before this all happened. Within 24 hours, his GoFundMe page is at $3 million. Yeah, with notable that? people like donating. I know Chris yes, Jericho and, donated $10,000 because and as a, and as of he's right now, the first time. As um, of, I think, a day or two days ago, it was at $6.5 million. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. put $10 in myself. I had to do I was like, this is too good. Did you do it, it from the Geek Pod? No, but I spelled, I was, you took my joke, Paul. I was like, but I spelled my name right, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hugh, you heard about that, right? No, what? Jericho donated five thousand dollars, but spelled his name wrong. He put Chus, C H U S, Jericho. 
So realized his mistake. So he donated another five thousand dollars and spelled his name correctly that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. yeah. I mean, everybody's donating. Robert Kraft from the Patriots donated. Tom Brady is donated. Everybody. I mean, I, they were showing something that most of the people. Most of the people are donating like twenty eight dollars. I think that was at the time anywhere from the minimum was like twenty eight bucks. I think that was the that was the least amount up to like five or six thousand dollars. Obviously, it's gone well more than that now. Um, but yeah, like twenty eight twenty dollars was like the like the minimum people were sending. And I, I don't get the twenty eight dollar reference. I don't know what that was about, but it's it's just it's wild that out of this tragedy something good has come out. Yes. Did you yeah. see Corps? The um, there was the Buffalo Sabers, their hockey team. They um, one of the they're on a three game win streak. They the guy had a hat trick. The guy's number three, and the reason I'm saying that is because that guy from the Buffalo Bills, his number was number three. Number three, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. All those threes. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Like like we've said, I mean, it's was the it was the perfect storm for this this kid, and hopefully. Hopefully he comes out of it and he's he's okay. I mean, he's never going to be the same again, obviously. Right. You know, and it, it, it comes to the what he was talking about, you know, the the violence of the game. Our players are going to play a little different going forward, I think. And I think that's going to have some impact on the game. It's not going to have a great impact. And I but you had that look on your face. Um, I, I, I think players are going to be a little hesitant to, to tackle right off the bat. Maybe for the rest of this season, but by next right. season, it's going to be business as usual. Well, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I think for the rest of the season, guys are going to be, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but they're going to be a little, a little faggy. I don't know, man. I think they just played. That the is not the word to use. Try right. gun shy. Jesus. Gun shy. Yeah. That's, Have yeah. I taught you all nothing? Corbs, let me, they're going to be a little fag shy. I disagree. You know why? You know, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I, because they're there to play the game. Right, he was right. there to play the game. They're not doing him a service by Correct. not playing the game. Right. Kevin, you're absolutely right. Those guys should show up at the hospital room and just fucking tackle his ass right in the bed. <laughs> Oh, that's just wrong. That's man. not what I meant. We're, we're escalating <laughs> levels of inappropriateness. You're, you're you're mixing up what we would do to you. Yes. And in <laughs> what what they would do to him. I would pull your ass out of the fucking bed and drag you down the fucking hall, take your ass back to work. Well, <laughs> it's true what you guys are saying though, like how like they were saying with that COVID vaccine, that's what caused it. That poor guy, that T Higgins, that got tackled by Demar Hamlin. He's getting death threats from him right now. People are sending him death threats like, you injured this player. This is all your fault. And the guy's actually having to go to therapy right now because he's literally thinks he's the root cause of this guy going to the hospital. Has he finally left the hospital? Because I know he was doing like a bedside vigil like because he felt so awful about it. He's still in the hospital with him. Guys guys keep coming. Guys keep coming. Guys from the Bengals keep coming to see this guy. The Bills have all come back to Buffalo. They flew back a couple days uh, last Tuesday. Tuesday, early Tuesday morning, but they were coming to the hospital. McDermott came to the hospital, but the Bengals players have, have rallied around this guy. Yeah. So T Higgins though, the one that hit him, he's yeah. still in the hospital with him every day. So he's just waiting to hit him again. That's all. <laughs> when he wakes up, he's just going to hit him again. Can you hit? <laughs> oh. So, but that, I mean, I, I was going to bring up, uh, I, I saw an article um, on ESPN about, um, all the athletes that we've lost in the, the past year, 
and it was it was crazy because the 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 one that I was going to bring up was Pele. He passed away on December thirtieth. Yeah, um, probably the greatest soccer player of all, all time. I mean, Pele most recognizable. Yeah, yeah, most recognized soccer player um, going. So I was going to bring that up, but I, and I saw that I went back through it and I saw all these athletes that have passed away. Many athletes from college players to professionals, to retired people. I mean, you lost Bill Russell, Bob Lanier this year, Pele, Franco Harris, Len Dawson. Um, but the one that stuck out to me was uh, was Katie Meyer back in March. Now, you guys, don't know who, you guys might not know who she is. She was the goalkeeper for Stanford's soccer team. And she actually killed herself because she was receiving threats from somebody at the school because she was standing up for another another female, student female athlete that now I don't know how true it is, but apparently this girl had been raped by one this, this person hmm. and people were threatening this girl, Katie, this girl, Katie. And she ended up just, she couldn't take it anymore. She just, she ended up killing herself. I don't know how she killed herself. They never really said, I'm assuming it was just, but it was at, it was at school. It was in, in, in Stanford and I was going to bring that one up because that one seemed to touch me touch a little bit more because I've been through um, having to deal with mental health issues with uh, family members so uh, but yeah just uh, and, but this this came obviously happened on Monday and I was like well I'm definitely going to talk about this and it was going to take up the most of the second so and as it should I mean it's a huge news story I mean if we're if you're doing a sports segment this week you're going to talk about it right I mean there was other stuff that went on in sports but this Bar none takes takes everything out yeah. of anything that happened in sports. I don't care who scores sixty points, seventy points, whatever it might be. This is always going to be the top story. So, yeah. it, it, it this is this happened New Year's on December on January second. This may be the top story in December thirty first of this year. That's how big this, that's how that, yeah. that's how big this 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 is, and this is a, the the longevity that this will have it's going to it, it unfortunately will change the way the game is looked at yep so yes. that's all, all right, right. all right well then uh why don't we uh why don't we depend on jack to lighten the mood for us jack it's time for what <laughs> oh yeah Not fucking pancakes pancakes see you bring up pancakes you what? <laughs> you're, you're teasing everybody like right. pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> let's oh. see how you guys know your state because sure as hell i didn't know these questions so let's see That's if you great. guys know. here we go so okay <laughs> approximately how long is the hudson river in miles who the fuck knows <laughs> i'm not typing that 47. 47 miles, no. <laughs> no, 122. No. I don't even know where it is. That's that's I, the yeah. one where that guy crashed a plane into it. Remember? Yeah, Sully. That's, yeah, the blue guy from Monsters, Sully. Inc. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was the He's green guy. Sully was the blue one. Yeah, but no. Um, no. Um, think of a famous military group. That, that's your hint. Mash. No. 4077? No. Green Berets? No. I'm assuming he means a number. number. Fifth group? No. Green Berets? No. Navy Seals? No. 
<laughs> All right, 300. <laughs> 300 miles, 300 Spartans. Basically. Okay, I see now where you went yeah. with that. Fucking military group? Yeah, I yeah, kind of at best on Whatever. that one, Jack. But it was it was a nice try for a hint. I'll give you that. Yeah, all right. Um, what is the smallest city in the state of New York? And it's in Oneida County. Oswego. Oneida County. Oneida County. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah, that's... That's what happens when it's off the hip. Sorry. I, I don't know. Whitesboro. I don't know. I don't know. No. Wait, hold on. Oneida it's County. No, that's Utica. West. That's it's out past, out towards Morrisville in that area. That's what I'm thinking. I got to get a map for you guys when we do the next week. On the map. Sure. <laughs> what? This Verona. Uh, city, this city only has less than no, 3,000 people, though. It's less than 3,000 people. Uh, Cheryl, Sylvan Beach. Oh, Cheryl, Cheryl really? Wow. I got it right. Yeah, good job. My my old roommate from Morrisville was from Cheryl. That's the only reason I even that was on my map at all. He's one of the three thousand. When I first looked it up, though, I was like Cheryl, Cheryl. Um, how do you say this? Sharona, my Sharona, my Sharona, my Sharona <laughs> County. <laughs> all right, next on the map, back to you, Paul. <laughs> all right, um. So I, I I guess that means we're gonna uh, throw the weekly topic at you guys before we had to break. <clears throat> and this week I came up with a different kind of one. As a child, what was your dream job? Oh yeah, yeah. You already read the notes. I know. No, but I but I, this is an easy answer. Okay, cool. Well, these easy answers will be given to you guys after the break. Stick with us. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. sound means it's time for our weekly topic let me reiterate uh as a child boys what was your dream job this is an easy one i wanted to be an archaeologist oh you were sorry i didn't i didn't know you were gonna go and i just ran with it how did you ever come up with that though like where like where did that come from you you gotta understand um 
I mean, it, I didn't do much with my life, so it might not be readily apparent apparent that I'm rather intelligent. Um, but I was really, really smart as a kid. And I mean, while other kids were learning to read, I was reading full target novelizations of Doctor Who episodes and other science fiction. I mean, I, I learned, I, I knew how to read full books before I even went to kindergarten. Nice. You know, I was just, you know, my mom gave me books and I, I just, that was a thing. So my whole thing was, it's one of the reasons I, I'm so fascinated with Egypt. I, I was really interested in history and culture and, and all of those stuff. You know, I loved the mummy when the, the movie came on TV and anything I could get my hands on about ancient cultures just fascinated me. <laughs> Neat. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Neat. I like it. Well, I was the exact opposite. I was the stereotypical little kid in the countryside. I wanted to be a policeman or a fireman. <laughs> well, see, uh, it, it helps that I had no friends because I was a weird <laughs> geek. So I, you probably had friends, I'm guessing. No, I had my cousins. We lived out in the country, so it was no, there were no friends, and no, but nobody in the neighborhood that was my age. In the neighborhood existed of um, a woman that my mother knew that had a had her horse barn across the road, no house, and then there was another house up the road a little ways, and um, I got to know some of them, but they were a lot older than I am, and then there was the school that was up at the top of the hill, and that was it. That was what I grew up with. There was nothing around there. Did you want to be a cop or a fireman more, Kev? You said both. So, so it's funny because my mother kept this book all the way through grade school, um and and uh, you know every year they would she'd put notes in it and she would ask me questions i didn't know i didn't know it existed she showed it to me one time and i was like 10th or 11th grade and you know it had pictures it had all these notes in it and for like years from like kindergarten up to i don't even know um sixth seventh grade whatever it was it was policeman fireman policeman fireman policeman fireman policeman fireman i mean it was just right up through until all of a sudden i wanted to be in the in the army and then that was the end of it Actually, Paul, I talked over something you said. You you mentioned Indiana Jones. There's yeah. actually an interesting facet there um, because we were poor. We didn't get a VCR until much later than everyone else. I never seen the movie. I did have one of those books with a record that my parents wow. bought at a lawn sale or something. So I knew the story of the movie, but I hadn't actually seen the movie. I only knew the soundtrack and everything. It was so fucking weird. And then later nice. on, when we finally had a VCR, I was able to watch the movie. Yeah, my uh, my family was the same way that uh, we grew up poor. I didn't get my first VCR until I took my own money while I was you had working my part time job. Yeah, when I had a part time job in high school, and I took my own money and bought a second hand VCR. And the first movie I rented was uh, Terminator Two. Nice. Yeah. Neat. There you go. Neat. What about you, Corbs? You have something? Oh. <laughs> Mine is it. Mine is easy. Uh, uh, growing up, all the way up through high school, I wanted to be a baseball player. Figured that one. What yeah. position again? What position? Mm-hmm. I played first base. And, and I actually, when I first started playing, and this is wow, when I first started playing, I was a shortstop. And the reason why I couldn't play shortstop anymore. Now we're talking when I was six or I think six or seven when I first started when I got into like t-ball and. At the time, it was single A. I threw the ball harder than everybody else. So when they put the kid at first base, he didn't want to catch the ball when I threw it to him. <laughs> like, they would literally move out of the way when I threw it. Pussy. 
So my <laughs> so my coach came to me one day and said, "Look, you can either stop throwing so hard, or we got to move you to a different position because nobody wants to play with." And I was like, "Okay." He's like, "I'm gonna put you at first base because you're the only one that can catch the ball." So when kids throw it, you're the only one that knows how to catch the damn thing. So I got to put you at first base so you, you can at least catch the ball when they throw it over there. How, that's, how, how, that's how I became that's how I became a first baseman. Was that little league or was that after that? Little league. Yeah, little I was league. I was forced to play little league, and and I hated baseball because of it. Yeah, I, I tried to get my son to play it. He same thing. He didn't like it, so I was like, okay. I I played it. I enjoyed it. It was something that my father and I who at the time was not him and I were separated. It was something that him and I bonded over and mm-hmm. we still bond over. So my dad and I still talk baseball. Anytime I see my father, first thing we talk about is baseball. Well, not the first thing, but we will talk baseball at some point. Um, uh, I played baseball all the way through, um, all the way through high school. I, I did go to college to play, um, but there was different things that were going on at that time that led me to stop playing. Um, but that was my dream. My dream was to be a baseball. I didn't even, I'll tell you right now, and anybody in my family knows this, I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to be a baseball player. And I was, I played baseball. I played baseball in the fall. I played baseball in the winter. I played baseball in the spring. I played baseball in the summer. And you think, how do you play baseball in the in the fall? I set up a, a batting cage, not a cage, but like the net from my, a net in my garage. And I did soft toss in my garage all summer long. Oh, I'm taking it back. All winter long. I would go out in the garage. Every night, my father would come over. When after, this is when after he got hurt. And I would do soft toss in the garage for an hour. Every single night during the winter. And then as a sophomore, as a freshman in high school, my mom and dad bought me a pitching machine. Nice. And I put up a batting cage in my backyard at my, my mom's house, right across the entire backyard. We had no backyard after that. And we used to play wiffle ball in the backyard. We had a diamond in the, in the dirt in our backyard that kids would come from all over the neighborhood to play wiffle ball in our backyard. When I put, when I put that cage in my backyard, the wiffle ball stopped, and that's all I did. I had, I played, I had all day long. I played games at night, and I did it the next night. I mean, I literally ate, drank, and slept baseball for five or six years. So. And I was, and I, I, you know, I'll toot my own horn right here, but I was good enough to play. I could have played at a different, at the, at the next level. I could have gotten to the next level. My problem was, is I didn't want to go to school. And that, that killed me because I could have yeah. gone and played anywhere I wanted to. I had the talent to play Division One baseball, but I was too stupid to realize that I needed to have school along with it. So, and I didn't want to be in school. I told my mom in ninth grade, I didn't want to be in school anymore. I was taking the year in ninth grade. I told my parents I was taking the year off. I was literally doing just enough to stay in school. And when it came time, when my third, three, third quarter grades came out, which was just before baseball season started, and I knew exactly what I needed to maintain to stay in on the field to play baseball. And I did just a, just a bare minimum, and it killed me the rest of the, the next three years of my school because I had to play catch up because I just didn't care. Right. So, hmm. well, um, hmm. I guess if I had to do anything when I was a kid, 
I still like it because I like history so much. I like the film history of it. So I've always wanted to be an actor growing up. So I thought that'd be kind of fun because like you like the the comedy, the drama, all sorts of stuff. As you guys know, I'm very spontaneous, very outgoing, very weird, very extroverted. Um, I like to do improv. So like I've done like improv theater before. So like I can you just give me something. I'll just usually run with it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like um, being like a movie, like an actor in like Hollywood or something like that. Just um, seeing what's going on, like break out and see what you can do. Like I have a friend that lives in Hollywood and one of his girlfriend works. Like I told you, she works with like some famous people as well. And like she I've introduced I've met some of these famous people, too. It's kind of neat. Like you can just do all sorts of things. So I don't know, like just being a, a movie actor. But now that I'm getting older, I see the privacy like that they have. And yes, they have millions and millions of dollars, which still doesn't suck. But um, they're they don't have much of a privacy, and it's like I kind of like this life that I have now and all that. But growing up, I always wanted to be an actor. I thought that would have been kind of a fun job. Very cool. What about you, Paul? Um, I had two. I, I wanted to be an Air Force pilot, mm-hmm. but you know that whole thing with me having a fear of heights kind of got in the way. And uh, I wanted to be an artist for Marvel Comics. Hmm. So those those were my things. Uh, but again, you know, talent got in the way on that one. So, did you yeah, get writer's cramp? I, I don't think it was talent that got in the way, Paul. Well, I mean, lack of that's yeah. that's where I'm trying to say with it. Um, um, because I'm all right, I can sketch. You've seen some of my stuff, Hugh, but I'm nowhere near good enough to fucking have published work. That's for sure. I'm a much better writer than I am an artist. Well, it you'd never know that by the way you fill out fucking help desk tickets. <laughs> Wait a minute. I might have to cut that. Wait a minute. Aren't you the help desk? I'm part yeah. of the help desk. Yeah. Wait, so you got to fill out a help desk request for something that you have to fix? No, no, no he no, has no. to write down what he did. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He's got to fill out the notes to what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul's it, help and Kev's desk. Mean, just once, I wish he'd do that. I do. I put it in my notes exactly what I did. I'm not going to write a fucking soliloquy. I that's hope sure. that's not exactly what you did. I'm very succinct, to the point. Don't have time for that, since, you know, I'm carrying everybody else on my back. So. Oh, 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 oh. You, you know, Paul, you're getting enough of a roasting here, but I just got to say, I'm really disappointed to hear... To hear that you're you're such a great writer, where was that writer for the first half decade when I ca- I carried this show? I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't remember the seventy five percent of the show I wrote when we used to record it at your house, and I'd show up with pages of shit, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna wing it." <laughs> That's what we always did was wing it. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, be call it what it is, though. That was not a scripted show we did not have any set things when we did have things that were set like when we were doing the moon Knight show i had that all written out ready to yeah. go so fairness you, you did have those three episodes of the moon Knight show right seven seven oh seven was seven. It seven we made it really? seven yes didn't seem like it was seven because you hated every fucking minute of it <laughs> you loved it i loved it i was having a blast with it but apparently you did not enjoy it I should have made you do a seven episode podcast on Doctor Who, then you would have known how I felt. On Supernatural. Yeah, I mean, 
Don't worry, we'll circle back to that. Actually, I'll fucking say it now. Did you did you happen to catch that uh, Laura absolutely loves Supernatural? Yes, and she's on like season five. Yeah. Yeah. How many Good. seasons are there? Like, I mean, I I, I know one hundred and fifty three. Holy no, it's over over three hundred. It's, <laughs> it's fifteen seasons, and you know what? As far as scripted drama goes, it sits on the list at thirteen, the thirteenth longest running show in history, mm-hmm. and it's only behind ER because ER had more episodes in their final season. And I just, uh, just again because you guys seem to have some weird thing about not watching it. A show doesn't run that long if it's not good. I mean, there's The Simpsons. The Simpsons are cultural icons. They they can they're still running on fumes and could probably get another decade out of fumes. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Still, I don't know. I haven't seen The Simpsons in a decade. So you actually don't know whether it's good now or not. I have no idea if it's good or but not. But it's still on. Yes, and now it's also on Disney Plus too. So that gives that whole like exposure again for people who are just yeah. scrolling through. So. But we completely got way off topic there. Let's bring it back around. Guys, what are you watching? All right. Before Corbis, since no one jumped in, I started watching 1883. Here's the thing, Corbis. Oh, wow. you, you, you've talked about Yellowstone so much. We yep. got to the point there's nothing on right now. We have nothing to watch after Avery goes to bed. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this, but fine. I'll watch the cowboy bullshit Corbs keeps talking about. <laughs> Decided to start with 1883 just because that comes before 1923 and everything else. Um, of course, we're going to finish that and have to move on to Yellowstone. Uh, so try not to like spoil it too much for me, you know, sure. going forward, because, you know, over the next few months or next month or so, we probably will get through all of Yellowstone. Uh, I will say so far, it's pretty good. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's cowboy shit's not usually my shit, but it's well, it's well done. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen Sam Elliott cry in something so goddamn much. Yeah, you know, he, Sam cried, Elliott, yeah, he continues to cry. So yeah, yeah. With the, the opening scene, I was like, holy shit! I've seen Sam Elliott in a lot of stuff. I've never seen him vulnerable. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you see, you, you remember him from like Roadhouse, and he's a, he's a badass. And the yeah. opening scene, he's balling. Is the first scene you see him, and he's crying like a little baby yeah and and my wife's like does that man ever age he looks he's like he's born old he was born old yeah but but i will say you know i uh, so far stepping into the yellowstone universe um 1883 is pretty good yeah it's good i I actually i finished watching it over the uh since the last episode i started it i had gotten all the way through it i did finish it up uh fantastic Uh, i won't spoil anything one thing I will say, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, amazing. Kev, you've watched it, right? I haven't seen any of the the prequels. Oh, you haven't seen 1883 or 1920? Okay. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, obviously husband and wife. They play husband and wife in the TV in 1883. Fantastic. They're, they should hopefully get nominated for something, Emmy or whatever. Uh, it's a great show. Uh like I said, I watched it. I did. I did start 1923. Um, they drop every Sunday, every, every Sunday. So every Sunday on Paramount Plus is the, their new episode, and then it's on. It'll be on again Sunday night, but only for I think only for the first five episodes is it. It plays on Paramount and then goes to Paramount Plus. But you do get the drop on Paramount Plus. Um, I watched the first three episodes. That show is fantastic. Helen Mirren, Harrison Ford in that one. 
I saw a, we because I, I showed my wife the previews for all three of them yep. and said, which one do you want to watch first? And I mean, Harrison Ford doing a TV show is strange to begin with, but mm-hmm. he just looks kind of tired. I hope he I hope the whole show isn't like that. He just kind of I mean, it's Harrison Ford, right. clearly, but he, he doesn't seem to have the vigor. You'll, you'll understand why. OK, OK. So, they, so that's they, they, you'll, you'll 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 get that when you first when you first see it come into play why he, he he looks that way okay it's interesting it, it, that it's, that it's, it, yeah, it's 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 a i think it's a character trait that he's 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 portraying so made me a little worried about him yeah no he's he's good he's good in it um i'm looking forward to this finish coming out because i want to see what happens from last sunday so um, but yeah it's fan that, that that one's pretty good um i did so and i'm gonna start I was gonna start watching the tulsa king tonight but i had a dentist appointment today so i didn't I get a chance to start watching i want to see that i didn't get a chance to watch that yet jack that's that's the next one i'm going to um so i'll start that hopefully by next wednesday i should be able to get through mm-hmm. what, what i've got but the one i did watch and I, we, I talked about it last week was the offer about the making of the godfather oh. it's on paramount plus um i had seen it it was that was one of the things that kind of led me to want to get paramount plus because i wanted to see this um, I, first of all, I love The Godfather. It's probably one of the two greatest movies of all time in my mind. <laughs> um, it it is um, it goes through exactly how they made the movie and what they had to do to make the movie. The the beds they had to sleep in, the the people they the, the people they had to grease to get the movie made. Um, I don't want to, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys are going to watch it or, or, or whatnot. Um, I won't spoil a lot of it, but you, you do, obviously you know that the Godfather is about the, the mob. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, they filmed it in New York city. We don't talk it. about the mafia here. Well, that, and that's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what, the, that's exactly what happened. So they were making this movie and it goes about the guy who made it. The guy who made it had never produced a movie at that time, he had, he had done he had done two movies, but they were both flops. And they gave him the Godfather figure, and they were they were going to just give it to him to kind of appease him and say, "Go ahead and make it." But we're going to hire all the people for it. We're going to do all the stuff for it. You're just going to kind of be the the guy out in front type of thing. And he's like, "No, I'm going to make it my way. You're either going to let me make it my way, or I'm going to I'm done." So it goes. It shows out how he gets the guy he wants to direct it, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, he hires Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, and they, they kept telling him you'd never hire the author of the book you're trying to make to make the screenplay. And he's they're like, well, he's the one that had the vision. Why not give him the chance? So they they bring Puzo on. Him and Coppola write the, the screenplay for it. But what happened was in The Godfather, um, the the singer. Uh, Fontaine, I think is his name. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But in the book, it's supposed to be Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra flipped out and said, that movie's not getting made. It, it puts me in a bad light. It puts the mafia in a bad light. So so obviously the mafia at that point tried to get him to stop doing it. They hired, um, they contacted the mafia in LA to try to put the fear into the guy making it. And he didn't back down at that point. They went to New York. The New York mafia said, you're not shooting this movie here. 
So he had to go and talk to one of the heads of the family. And he basically said, well, what can I do to make this movie happen in New York City? He goes, you can't mention, mention the word mafia at all in the, in the book or in the movie at all. Cannot be mentioned at all. Can't be in the title. Can't be said at all during the movie. And he said, well, how many times is it said in the movie? And the writer was like, one time. He goes, we'll take it out. He's like, okay. And then they went, it showed like how they had to, to increase the pockets of the mafia to get the movie made. Because the mafia run, run, ran everything at the time. They ran the docks, they ran the trucking, all that stuff. So it's just, it's a it's a great movie. It's a great movie. A TV show is 10 episodes. It's got Miles Teller in it um, from uh, Top Gun Maverick, Flashdance. He's fantastic in it. He's the main person in it. Um, it's got uh, Gavin Rabisi. He plays the mafia, the, the mafia kingpin that he deals with. Um, Lou Ferrigno is in it. It's got a bit part in it. Uh, it's again, can't say enough about it. Fantastic TV show, fantastic 10 episodes. They're talking about doing a second one, a second season of it. So if I hear anything more about that, I'll let you know. But, Outstanding. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I literally, let's just stay up till 11 o'clock last night to watch the last, last episode. So, but yeah. And the, the guy, the guy who is, that's cool. The guy who is actually um, the producer of it, his name is Al Ruddy. I, I didn't realize it. But he's made a ton of movies, and he's made good movies. Longest Yard uh, with with Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. the original. He did mm-hmm. the remake. He was the executive producer on the remake. He did Million Dollar Baby with Clint Eastwood. Great movie. Yep. He did uh, Cry Baby with uh, Cry, Mach- Cry Macho. Oh. Cry Macho. But that was his last movie he did. Eastwood. With Eastwood. The girl that his secretary wanted to be an agent for some of the biggest names in Hollywood. So it, it's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. I, I was riveted to the, to the, I started watching it on Sunday afternoon and I finished it by Wednesday. That's how when, when, when you say that Teller and Ferrigno are in it. So this is a dramatized dramatization. Yes. It's, so it's based, not a documentary. It's, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's based on Al Ruddy's characters, his book, making the Godfather. Okay. That's it's, it's, it, it comes from that. From that area, so no, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's it. If you get a chance, just take a take a look at it. The first episode you watch it, and you'll be like, "All right, I gotta see what happens next." And then every episode, it's like that. You're like, "Okay, I gotta see what's going on." Okay, I gotta see what happens the next time. And then next, you know, you're five episodes in, and you're sitting in front of your TV, going, "It's ten o'clock at night, and I gotta work in the morning, and I I gotta watch the next episode." So. But yeah, like uh, what Corb said, no spoilers because I know Kevin Corb's want to see it. Uh, Tulsa King, I've been watching it from the start. Great show. Like Sylvester Stallone, um, he has something good here. Uh, my dad was like, um, saying like, because my mom and dad are watching it too. He's like, why would Sylvester Stallone be in a TV show and all that stuff? My mom does not like Sylvester Stallone, so she's like, why don't you just shut up and enjoy the show? Wow. <laughs> my, my mom was like, I was like, mom, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, mom. And my dad's just like, okay, yeah, you're right. But um, his character, the characters in the show, um, if you're going to watch it, like you get now to binge it a little bit because yeah. I have to wait weekly to, for the next episode. It gets better and better each week. How many, so, how many episodes is it? Is it right now, Jack? So far, eight. I think there's only going to be ten, but they say next week is the season finale, but something big is going to happen. So that's kind of cool. 
Um, also, I wanted to find a show for Emily and I to watch together. So I was like, what can we watch? I remember watching bits and pieces of the show when I was a kid, but I was like, I'm going to start from the beginning and go to the end. I'm watching that 70s show again. <laughs> so I was like, let's watch that show. So I'm like, okay. Um, watching Fez from the first episode, I'm like, oh my God, I don't remember him being like this little and like, like so uh, squirmy. I'm like, this is such a weird show, but it's such an awesome show. Um, but the show I haven't watched yet, this is like the present. I want to, I can't wait to watch Bad Batch season two, the first two episodes. So that came, that dropped today. So I'm going to be watching that this weekend. Um, when, as you watch that 70s show, mm -hmm. just think about how big a couple of those stars have become. Yeah. Oprah yeah. Grace, Ashton Kutcher, Mayla Kunis. She started the show at 14 years old. So, but, um, I love the father though, Red. He's like, Eric, quit being a little queer and get out here. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. I love this guy. Yep. yep. But um, I just remember one of the show, uh, episodes of that 70s show. I'm I'm trying to find it. Eric has um Star Wars characters, and he's showing his father the Star Wars characters. He's like, Dad, who's this? It's Darth Vader. He's like, ah, the guy with the breathing problem. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's a, So that's a cool show. But Bad Batch Season 2, though, guys, that's going to be good, looking good, I'm hoping. What about you, Kev? What do you got? All right. Well, you know, through this whole holiday, you know, Kathy and I, we always have our holiday movies that we have to watch. You know, and we did all that. And we watched a few other movies, movies that I can't even think of. So I didn't even bother to write them down. But the latest things that we've been into, uh, Jack Ryan season two went through that. Fantastic. At first, I'm like, man, this story just doesn't really seem like it's going together. By the time it's all done, you're like, holy fuck it's just freaking phenomenal um we're just got through episode four of wednesday on netflix i've heard really good things holy fuck that actress is fantastic jenna ortega, yeah. ortega. she does such an amazing job and Writers, producers, showrunners, whoever the hell, whoever the hell's responsible for this freaking masterpiece needs to win all sorts of stupid awards because it, the story, the actors, fan freaking tastic. I didn't think I'd like it this much. I mean, it is just so good. It's so good. Um, and just fun. It's just fun. I mean, it, you're, you're like, Every time you think you understand Wednesday, the character, you know, the 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 the, the little goth girl. Think again. <laughs> think again. Freaking fantastic. It's really, really good. And of course, we saw it. So the wife and I had to watch it. We watched the Bad Batch first two episodes. Nice. Hey, what do you think? It's it's freaking good. Here's the one thing I'm gonna say. That does not spoil anything. What the Bad Batch does is really what Andor was doing. And I mean about season one and also about season two, is that they're really they're really highlighting how fucking shitty the Empire was. Who who those people actually were that embraced it and wanted to be part of it. And what their real personalities were. So Bad Bad shows it. Andor showed it. And I couldn't be happier. Because anybody that loves the Empire. 
in for a rude fucking awakening. Let me tell nice. you. That's that. standing. <laughs> That's all Hugh, I got. That's what I got. Hugh, have you already touched on yours? Yeah, I did. did this first. Okay. So I guess uh, all I've got, uh, New Year's Eve, <clears throat> we uh, we were looking for something to do. It was just family time. So we, we played games, and then we were looking for a movie to watch, and <clears throat> I watched something that I didn't know if I would ever watch, and there's a reason for it. Um, the weekend before my dad passed, Kev, you know this. We talked about it. He had asked me on the phone um, if I wanted to go see Black Adam with him. And I said, uh, Dad, it's a real busy weekend. You know, I don't, we had a lot going on. So we didn't get to do it. He said, No problem. We'll do it some other time. Um, obviously, I regretted that. And then I told you, Kev, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever see that movie. Well, we watched it as a family on New Year's Eve. And it was good. Uh, it was a little bittersweet knowing it's not going to go anywhere. Because now they've completely canceled all the plans and everything. But it was fun. But honestly, most of the really cool shit is what you saw in the previews. Like all of his good lines and shit. <laughs> like all the all the stuff in the preview. Like the whole thing with Hawkman saying, you know, heroes don't kill. And the Rock just looks at him and goes, well, I do. <laughs> and it's just like, like it, it was cool. The kids enjoyed it. Kristen enjoyed it. I liked it. It's just that was that was hard for me, you know. At least no fucking parents died in that one. Seems to be the track record. I think we talked about that last week when I talked about Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I wanted so. to bring up Black Adam a few weeks ago, but I didn't specifically because of that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I agree with you. I think I was a little uh, kinder to it. I really liked it. I uh, enjoyed but, it, but it's that, always going to have that. God, I hate to use this because it's fucking turn this on that taint for me. Um, it's tainted. <laughs> so uh, are we yeah, always talking I, about poopers? I, I, you know what did it for me? I mean, I, I thought the rock was fine. The visuals, everything was fine. Pierce Brosnan, come on! Oh my God, yes, so good, fantastic as Doctor Fate. Yeah, loved it. So, yeah, I'm sad that we aren't we aren't moving forward with that either. What's funny is I spent three quarters of the movie trying to remember what Dr. Fate's secret identity was because I, I missed it when they called him by his name at first. Took me until three quarters of the way through the movie and I'm like, that's right. <laughs> so, Why aren't they continuing it? What was, what's the deal? With, with new the leadership at uh, Warner Brothers for all the DC stuff and they've basically scrapped every plan except the Flash, which is the one that should be scrapped. Yeah. Because um, the, the guy that the main actors a fucking psychopath guy. yes did i hear like ben affleck um gail gadot and henry Cavill? they're gonna sue dc well, i don't know i didn't hear anything about a lawsuit but i know I they're heard, out the door yeah i heard they're upset though about it so i think they want to sue yeah i don't know if they have any leg to stand on i mean you can get fired yeah. from your job so yeah uh but that's that's all i've really had a chance to watch other than pro wrestling and I didn't take over Corbs's uh, sports segment this week for pro wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, that's all I've really got. That That's all I've gotten to watch. So. All right. All right. All right. Well, 
All right. <clears throat> Every dead body on Mount Everest was once a highly motivated person. So maybe calm down. Good night, everybody, and make it by me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.